More evidence of all the things that we want to believe in before the season started. That means week two of NFL. I'm fresh off a road trip to Austin, Texas, which mm. is amazing. And it is another episode of Dual Threat with Ryan Russillo. I have Bill Simmons with me. I have Kevin Clark. And I also uh, get to tell Robert Mays that he wasn't the defensive lineman from Tennessee when at first. I was like, man, I was like, that guy's really good at writing. The oh, injured, you thought it was an actual yeah, college yeah. football player? I thought it was the D lineman who got hurt all the time. And I'm like, this guy's terrific. What a seamless transition from Yeah. How NFL. did Bill find him? <laughs> right. Like Bill's really good with talent. God, man, he just saw something in his line play. <laughs> so what happened in Austin, Texas? Uh great stuff. Texas won. Texas is back, folks. Uh that's a test joke. Remember when they were they beat Notre Dame and like oh, both, yeah, teams, right, guys. Oh, yeah. both teams, I think, won like three or four games. I don't even follow college football, and I remember that. I yeah. went to the University of Miami, and we sort of invented being, being back, back and not being back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People want certain programs to come back, and as I felt the same way. I was watching the Bears' defense last night, and I just was so excited they were good again defensively. Yeah. I was like, I missed having a, a good Bears defense in my life. This is great. I hope this continues. It feels real, and I can't imagine how quickly Gruden wants their defense to stop being on primetime games. <laughs> Because oh he's like, God. when can these guys play at one? Um, <laughs> before we get to the whole project that I wanted to unveil here, where the question will be, who do we think will be the best quarterback in the NFL in three years? And mm. we think we may ban Aaron Rodgers as an answer, but we'll get okay. to that a little bit later. And Rodgers is going to join us. But we have to at least start with the fearless leader here and Bill. Oh, of, thank you. Of your... Is it a 180 on Josh Gordon? I mean, what's nah. what's the public position on you right nah. now shitting on this move before it happened? It wasn't a shitting. It's just a personal belief. If somebody hasn't done their job in five years, it's hard for me to believe this guy's going to do a good job. It's not like he was gone for a year. Not everybody's Josh Hamilton. But now I'm in this position where I'm like the Boston sports media guys we grew up with, where we're just shitting on some Boston move. Like, Josh Gordon will never do anything. And I don't want to be that guy because I want Josh Gordon to be good. I just, I think professionalism is a bigger part of sports than people give credit for. And this guy is as least of a professional as anyone we've had. Should we answer a FaceTime from Cowherd? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he FaceTimes you? I think I FaceTime him accidentally. So just on the right way up here. I, I would imagine his FaceTimes, he's in the middle of a rant when you answer. Yeah, he like, he's like, so like, I'm looking at the Super Bowl odds, and here's no, the no, thing no, about the Broncos. It'd be better than that. would be like, what's up with Chobani? <laughs> I feel like people are over Chobani. He's just, you're like in the middle yeah. of a conversation. Once they went pomegranate, yeah, but uh, Blood Orange, uh, who's, who's eating Blood Orange? Mm. So, so, anyway, the Josh Gordon thing, Clark, you're around yeah, these guys. I'm around these guys. Every team has a couple guys who are a little off the reservation and might miss some stuff. This guy has missed more stuff. He's failed drug tests. He's not okay. reliable. Okay. Why should I believe in this? <laughs> so, first of all, I okay. want to just go big picture on Belichick. I remember having a conversation with someone who's been in that building a couple of years ago. And we were talking about sort of the weird potential character flaw guy in in Foxborough. And yes. the thing that w was pointed out to me was that Corey Dillon left and Randy Moss came in. And there's always that one slot where Belichick says, we're going to take a chance on this guy. But now, those are the only two times it worked. I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is that they, they had that slot open and they keep an eye on it. Maybe, you know, they had Chad Johnson and Albert Hainsworth the same year. That was that was a bigger risk than Belichick has taken in the past as far as those two guys. Those those two guys didn't really work out, by the way. Um, well, Hainsworth was the worst one. I mean, Hainsworth's the one who just decides. Like, I'm, oh, he's, he's his over. I mean, he's Vontae Davis without actually leaving the building. Yeah. <laughs> should, 
Should the ringer have this policy? Should we always keep one spot open? Or, or could you argue nephew Kyle has already filled the spot? I, nephew Kyle, with the tattoo, has become our MVP. It, it paid off. He is the, he's char- the Randy he's the character Moss of the year in 2018. He's the Randy Moss here. But so, no, I, I think that Belichick spends a lot of he's time like Nike right thinking now. about this. I have a stock segment at the end of the podcast, <laughs> by the way. I'm going to go off. Just a little preview. And, and I think that if anyone's going to monitor it, I, I've said this before, but the the bar for Belichick to, to cut a guy is so low. He will move on from mistakes so quickly. I remember talking to a GM a couple of years ago who had just signed a Belichick guy. Yeah. And he called the Belichick and said, what's going on with this guy? Like, why'd you cut him? Belichick said, I'm just tired of his shit. And that was it. That's the rationale. And so it's not, it wasn't one thing. It wasn't he was, he was late for a meeting, whatever. It was just, I'm tired of it. I'm done. And, and so if, if there's a reason to move on, he's going to move on. No one moves on from mistakes quicker. It's a sign of humility, quite frankly. Chandler Jones, he moved on because of the whole Foxborough police station, whatever the hell happened thing. <laughs> right. And traded him for weed. a second round pick and... That's kind of, I always felt like that was the bar for him with a really good player. Like an incident like that, he's going to move on. We don't know what happened to Malcolm Butler, who has not been good this year on Tennessee. No, and Jamie Collins for a while, I thought was like the most talented athletic linebacker in the league. And then they got rid of him. They saw something but in the, him. The, there was, they didn't, I asked they, around there enough. I personality asked, stuff yeah, with him. I asked around and I don't even think it, it may have been that, but there were other people that were just going, you know, he hasn't been that good. He just yeah. hasn't been that good. He, and you started watching, you were like, oh, you're doing your own thing. And it doesn't matter how talented you are. When you start doing your own thing in that defense, you're freelancing. Then, then he's over. He'd rather have Kyle Van Noy doing the right thing and just getting beat every <laughs> quarter by people who are faster than him. That's the one thing about that Jags game that does. It, it makes me like the big picture thing with Belichick. You can't you can't really question it. Like if you're doing nah. stuff at, in 2018, going I don't know this guy's a little overrated. Just wait until um, November before right. you're going to really exactly. ask questions. But it is like he's gifted this quarterback that takes this pay cut that nobody can quite understand. Yeah, and I don't want to hear that it's just because of Giselle because he's been doing it for a long time. You think and, he's, what are you talking under the table money? What's I'm not on? saying anything. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, like Dirk Nowitzki getting fifty eight million dollars through a documentary from Mark Cuban. <laughs> Not counting in the cap. I don't, Do you realize that the Mark Cuban, the Dirk Nowitzki documentary costs as much as Avatar? Are you serious? No. Well, man, let's I'm, wait until we just start, I'm making stuff. What's up. the CGI on <laughs> but, it though? But like, let's wait, wait until we see it come out. If he paid forty eight million dollars for Dirk Nowitzki's documentary, it's technically legal. Well, that was the other thing with with Prokhorov. Other teams would tell me they'd be like, you could just give somebody a zinc mine. Yeah. Like what? Be like, yeah, just Siberia. There's zinc mines up there. I'm like, do you even know what zinc you're mine. talking about? And there would be these these front office guys that were convinced that Prokhorov was just going to give you mining rights to just elements, minerals, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Remember Karolinko? <laughs> Karolinko yeah. took half the money somebody else offered him and signed with Brooklyn, and the league was like, all right, come on, <laughs> stop it. Okay, but back to the— Joe, Is Joe Johnson now a Russian oligarch? I, maybe. Well, see, that the thing is, Atlanta, yeah, I mean, if all of a sudden he just owned. Joe what? Johnson's like, <laughs> Joe Johnson's Sochi? a billionaire. <laughs> no, he's just over in Sochi being like all these condos everybody was dumping on. I yeah. own them all. Yeah. <laughs> he's the Jim yeah. Goldstein of Sochi. <laughs> God, that was good. I didn't know if the Sochi joke could get better than it did. Yeah, thank uh, you. So, you know, you watch a game, you watch a game like the Jags game and you go, okay, linebackers, Telvin Smith, who I loved at Florida Slow. State. Okay. Slow Jack, linebackers. Who you love. You love, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's it's this Gibson dude who's the third defensive back who was terrific against Gronk to go with Ramsey. Are you talking with. about the Jackson yeah, I'm linebackers. talking about Jags. Oh, they're and, so much the, faster than the New England but, linebackers. But, like naming all that talent. And then when you're watching the patch and you see 
the one edge guy that maybe scares you and flowers go down and then I'm like Hightower and then it's, you know, I don't, like how can you consistently have so few playmakers on that defense when I know they just played in two Super Bowls in a row, but I don't know. I think I think that's kind of odd in a way. It's scary when that when Grant can come in the third string running back for the Jags and look like Darren Sproles on like you know, after nine cups of coffee. And you're like, wow, this guy is the best running back in the league. I had no idea. And it's like, oh, that's because <laughs> Kyle Van Noy's chasing him. Um, front seven's not as good. A lot of guys on the team that they just haven't counted on before in big games. And, you know, I always look at the drafts. Yeah. You do the last three drafts and just look like the first round picks, second round picks. And they've, they, you know, they lost one on Deflategate. They lost one with Isaiah Wynn this year. They, Cyrus Jones got hurt. And those are three first or second round picks where they're just not on the team. They've also lost a bunch of second round picks just to crappy receivers. Yeah, well, that's about he that's he the Belichick right. tax. He can't do it with that's the tax. receivers. He just, just, every other year, you just lose a second round pick. It, it, the Cordell Patterson was just classic. It's like, oh, we got to take a flyer on this guy. It's like, he, we've had this guy 20 times. The guy who we have to I mean, create special plays for. I mean, they brought in Corey Coleman. For? Think about it. They cut Corey yeah, Coleman. he had to. It's his who, fetish. Who just, I mean, a Baylor receiver where it was very clear, this guy's not going to play in the NFL. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what kind of grade did you guys have on him? What kind of evaluation do you have? But then again, it turns into this thing where it sounds like we're dumping on the Pats or dumping on Belichick. No. When it isn't. It's just. It's out of love. It's, it's a, like I complained about my dad. It's a, I love my dad. <laughs> so do you think Josh Gordon's going to do anything? Because I still think that 2013 year, 87 catches. 1,600 yards. These were his quarterbacks. Jason Campbell, eight starts. Brandon Whedon, five starts. Brian Hoyer, three starts. And with Hoyer, at least there's familiarity. So I don't know if Brady's, I don't know if he's on the hot seat there. Because Hoyer has that connection. <laughs> Can we go over some <laughs> things that were happening? Think, think behind the scenes, he's pushing for a hot theory. Let's talk about other things that <laughs> happened in the fall of 2013. Um, I was on a show with Sage Steele running Grantland. You were doing a radio show with Scott Van Pelt. Where Once, were you, Kevin? I was 210 pounds. I, and where were you, were I was, you working? I was learning how to work out. Oh, I was fat. Do you have oh, a job? Oh, I was yeah. going to say, what happened? I'm bummed out. Like, Do you have oh, a job? I didn't know you were fat at 210. No, I was, oh, yeah. no, 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 I was, yeah. I was fat. Um, <laughs> it was I had, the magic's I, fault, though. I worked at the Wall Street Journal. And Kyle, nephew Kyle, what, was, what were you doing in 2013 in the fall? I was on hiatus from college. Hiatus. So all of those things Fine. are going on in but 2013. You know what else I did, too? What? Sat behind home plate with my dad and watched the Sox take out the Cardinals. And then he oh, couldn't yeah. understand how we couldn't get to the baseball tavern where girls were being let in in front of us. Mm. He's like, we're in line. I'm like, yeah, we're not, though. That was, yeah, that was the last great Ortiz run. Yeah. My so, point is, 2013 was a Michael long time Walker. ago. The yeah. magic at Jason Maxiel that year for yeah. some reason. So this He's in is, the big three now. This is the thing. If it was three, He's playing against Catino Mobley's uncle. The, the 2013 Magic was just current big three players plus Victor Oladipo. Who turned out to be the, like the ninth best player in the league last year. And they traded him for nothing for guys who He left. just didn't fit with Alfred Payton. Really. No, it was tough. It's hard to know when a guy's yeah. 22 who's been playing out of position for three years on a 21 team. You yeah, got to give up. You got to, uh, when you invest in Alfred Payton, you got to. So the fun part, all right, if the okay, Josh so, Gordon right. thing works out. If you have like the, this is my issue with the trade. And this way everyone's like, ah, oh, it's a flyer. Who cares? It's like, uh-oh. here's why I care. I don't want to get sucked in. This is the girl, or you could say boy, that, that you know you shouldn't date. All equal. You have two great weeks. I don't know. What, I don't, why is everybody saying she's crazy? This has been great. And then you just get kicked in the teeth and that's what I don't want I, I don't want to let my downside? guard down is it just emotional they're not going to give him 40 million guaranteed no, if he but has the a, downside a good is 10 you, weeks you have this 
facade of this offense that's awesome because Josh Gordon is the Randy boss of this decade. And then all of a sudden he's gone. And now it's like I'm back to my shitty offense with Cordero Patterson. I'm just wasting five weeks. Think of all the Belichick flashes in the pan who won you a couple games. Jonas Gray was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They cut cut him like two weeks later, but at least you won the game. You beat the Colts. I hope you're right. Destroyed the Colts. I hope you're right. I just, I have my guard up. And I, and I just value professionalism. I'm sorry. I would not hire a writer for The Ringer who hasn't worked in five years. He'd be like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> All right, great. I'll give him a contract. He has played. You're right. And, and I think that that's very. He played I mean, it's 12 games it's five years games. ago. It's 11 games 11 over games five years. Five years ago. Right. And by the way. You couldn't, and I've noticed this, it's something I'm going to point out all the time. It happens now with every player contract, which I actually think is a nice thing that the media and fans seem to be so much on the player side, but I think that's sort of this weird socialist thing that we're dealing with right now. Mm. But whenever I see, (laughs) whenever I see people go, well, you know, good for Josh, you're like, are you serious? Like, I'm pretty sympathetic about a lot of stuff. I'm the furthest thing from a moralist, but I mean, what else could Cleveland have done for this guy? And your whole point, too, about hard knocks, the way they talked about him. And I've met Josh. I've hung out with him. Not that way. But I've we had him on the show a couple wow. times. No, I mean, look, we ran into him. We hung out with him. But he, he's he's Nancy just Kyle likeable. would hang out with him. That would be bad for Gordon. <laughs> Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, Nancy Kyle, you're not allowed to hang out with Josh Gordon. We'll get Patriots tattoos. Stay That'd away from Josh Gordon. So uh, you're, just an, you're just annoyed that you're going to... No, I'm not annoyed. You're I, already no, worried about the breakup. I'm you're not, already worried about the breakup. But it seems pretty low stakes. Like you're, you're you're almost saying in a way like Josh Gordon's this girl that like I normally couldn't get her. So is it worth hanging out with her for a month, knowing how bummed out I'm going right. to be for the next year? I, I just think what are the odds he's on the team in January? Let's start there. What are the odds? Like what are the honest low, odds this low, guy's low. on it? Like, yeah. but how low? I would say fifty fifty. Fifty. I would say like one in ten. <laughs> Honestly. He was doing great last week, and then he he hurt his hamstring in a photo shoot, missed a practice or whatever. They waved him. Like, this was three days ago. He's going to be on TB12 by Friday. The sad thing is they actually need him to be good um, offensively because the the explosiveness of this team, you know, the Cooks trade— I was fine when they traded Cooks. So mm. I was like, great, we'll get a pick. They, like, that makes sense. I wouldn't want to pick. But now you see the team without him. I'm not sure what point of Gronk's career we're at right now, but I'm not sure I like the point. I don't, I want to say he's past his prime, but it's definitely, you yeah, were there I, for I, the end of the Ben Coates prime, yeah. which was abrupt. It was. And it feel, we've just kind of seen tight ends when it, all of a sudden it's gone. But the thing is, the thing that made Coates great is he was just like the thing he and Bledsoe used to do that was so sick. It was just, I'm going to get to my point, and you're just going to throw it. And I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, third I'm, and I eight, I'm going to run to nine no, yards. Right. And, I'm and nobody's going to get in my way and be able to do it. Gronk's so much more dynamic. Jacksonville, than that. like, took out Gronk. Yeah. Like, but they, they didn't just have like, to defend you're, not, him, you're not doing anything. In the this Hogan game. TD, though, is all because of Gronk, you know? So I still think that, you know, whenever the this, garbage time TD would run down 24 3. Nonsense. Where it's like, look, look what happened. You're like, you lined up on him three times, by the way. Uh, yeah. He needs to settle down. How could you not double Gronk? It'd be irresponsible not to double Gronk. The biggest thing from that story is Bortles, is that he was flawless. Good. Okay, so speaking of Bortles. When are the Pats going to remember that he can scramble? Just give me a year. Well, not only that, Belichick in a press conference before the game said that you need to put Bortles with the top mobile quarterbacks in the NFL. like Deshaun, And everybody laughed at him. 
Yeah, he scrambles for he a first down every Belichick time. knew. Just have a spy on him. He looks at the first guy. If the guy's not open, he runs. How hard is this? But the first seven, I think his first seven passing third downs, he was seven for seven. The eighth one was the one I think he converted on the ground. I so that, I'm tired of watching that guy scramble. <laughs> okay, all right. That's Jacksonville, a segue. I will say Jacksonville with a lead is good. Jacksonville with a lead is good. Jacksonville with the de- their defense, we know how talented that, that's it is. That's one of the most reliable things if, we if have Bortles in the league right now. is slightly above average, that's your tier one AFC team with New England. How many teams, a, if you have a lead, like I would say the Rams are like this, Jacksonville, that's it? But here's the thing. Here's the Minnesota. difference with Jacksonville. You'd say Minnesota up 10, you're good? Yeah. I would say that, but the, okay. there's a four, there's a theory in it, theory now that Fournette being out actually helps them because they don't go into a shell. Because if if Fournette plays in that game, the entire second half they're just trying to drain we the clock. The line. Yeah. Patriots come. You you've seen this game a million times. Yep. Without Fournette, they had to stay aggressive, and that's what kind of broke the back of the Patriots. If they had Fournette in that game, the game is completely different in a bad way. But see, that's what I love is that they actually learn from what they did and that's yep. Hackett and Marone's whole thing is they're like look this dude's had three different coordinators in Bortles and then Hackett and they come out and they throw and mm. then late New England's lining up they even said it and if you read any of the postgame stuff they're like they came out in goal line and we're like alright fine like we're not going to try to force the issue like we did in the AFC title game well, Okay, should have won the whole, the whole thing I want to do here <laughs> is um, I, I just think it's fun little exercises maybe I have a little too much of that radio background in me still where you're like alright July 28th what are we doing today um Who's going to be the best quarterback in the NFL in three years? We're going to call up Mays here, so Kyle, we'll get him dialed up. Uh, let's have Kevin go first, though. I can before we got before Kevin or goes, Bill. I just have, no, I just have a question. I just have a rules question. Yes, actually, we should do this. We should wait until Mays gets on. If Tom Brady figures out <laughs> some sort of way to be eternal before, like before a two thousand. Like if, let's say he goes to Mars because Alex Guerrero tells him there's some sort of he would too if Guerrero thing up yeah. there that will help him inject Moon in his charcoal. blood and he becomes immortal. So is he eligible? Is my question. Immortal <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Brady is you he know eligible what? for this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to know. I know. I want to know no, who I, I can pick a, from. I actually think it's a good question because you cross off Tom Brady right. normally because you're 44 in three years. Yeah. But I just want to make sure that I'm accounting for all the possible scenarios. Good question. Thank Glad you. we got it out of the way. Thanks. All right. Before Mays joins us and we get to this whole quarterback thing, I've been talking about for a little while. I want to tell you about SeatGeek. I used him the other night. Jazz concert. No big deal. Did try to DM the manager. Couldn't. Didn't work out. Doesn't know who I am. Doesn't care about the blue check or the podcast numbers. So I had to use SeatGeek, but that's because getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone. That's what I used the other day. Not a big deal. Uh, it's super easy. The easiest way I've ever found to shop for tickets and I actually just use the SeatGeek deal, as I mentioned, for a jazz show of a guy that maybe no one's heard of, but I'll tell you about him later when I do a music pod. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. So I was like, hey, am I going to stay in? Wait a minute, Rosillo has a code? Let's 
go see a death metal band tonight. So just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Ryan. That's R-Y-E-N. Again, promo code Ryan, R-Y-E-N, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Here's the plan. We have to come up with our answer, one name, and then we can get into kind of who else was being considered. But this person will be the best quarterback in the NFL. Are we banning? Are we banning Aaron Rodgers as no. a potential answer? No, that, let's that not put ban him. him. Thirty nine. Okay, All but right. he's he's playing on a torn ACL for this entire season. Yeah. I worry about the, the long term damage from that. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Um, you don't believe my theory? He's playing a torn ACL. No, I love it. It mix it mixes things up. Mixes Did you see him? Up. Did you see him put any weight on his leg on Sunday? No, but it does, I mean he's unbelievable. He's it was crazy. He's the best. Uh, let's go Kevin first. Okay. Okay. okay right. So this is 2021. That's yeah. Three years okay. from now, this okay. will be the best quarterback in the NFL. Okay. This is going to look like a weird pick for the rest of this season, but it will turn out to be the right pick. The best quarterback in 21, 2021 is going to be Carson Wentz. Mm. Now an ACL can be a weird injury. I've talked to a lot of guys. You know, Carson Palmer is the best example of this where there were GMs who were saying he couldn't step up in the pocket like he could and it took him maybe two years to get back to being Carson Palmer and then he had that late career resurgence. Carson Wentz is going to be a low-grade version of that. You know, I, you look at just even the passing charts, he was so much better than any other quarterback on every single route last year. Like, just go route, in route, cross route, out route, whatever it is. He dominated everything. He can do whatever. And this game is going to change so quickly the next couple of years because of the schemes, because of the more spread influence, because of the infrastructure in Philadelphia, that the game is going to change and reinvent itself maybe two or three times. And Wentz is so good, he'll be on the, the, the cusp of that. Mahomes and Rodgers are right there. I would say it's some combination of those three if you're ranking it. Uh, Mahomes, if we're doing this in November, if he has a bigger sample size, I think he gives Wentz a much bigger push. But as for right now, I would have to go Carson Wentz. Even with... Mars, uranium, Tom Brady is still on the table. Well, presumably. <laughs> what, what the Martian, too. Brady spends six months in Mars and comes back and he's just when, infallible. When, what about his dad bod? Is that body shaming? Dad bod? Yeah. For Brady or yeah. for Wentz? Well, I saw something where it was actually like on Twitter where it was like a real publication going, body shaming's the latest thing and Tom Brady's the most recent victim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because people just expect because of all this workout stuff that he's going to be jacked. And actually, we know this. It's all about pliability. So there's a yeah. little man boob stuff going on there. But Eli Manning won a Super Bowl after revealing his dad bod to the world. So I think we're post-dad bod. We're fine Ben Burger still exists. Yeah. That's a good point, too. Roethlisberger. Eli Manning now goes back to pass, and he he looks like a drunk guy getting thrown out of a bar <laughs> by a bouncer. That's, how, not that's even that, how his footwork. But he's not even that drunk. Like, no. He's, he's like, he's, hey, I just got here. Yeah, what, this is mistaken identity. I had a few identity. before I came in, yeah. but back off. Yeah. All right, Maze, we got Wentz for Kevin. Who do you got? This is so hard. Part of me... One name that I wanted to throw out that I don't think I'm going to go with, but it was very tempting, was Andrew Luck. Just because I feel like he looks like Andrew Luck again. That team isn't very good. But three years from now, I still feel like that's in the cards. I'm going to go with Mahomes. I know that's just a recency bias choice. But you never know how guys are going to respond from knee injuries. I still feel like the Chiefs infrastructure is still going to be pretty good in three years. I feel like that's a part of this. You know, one issue with Wentz is just that I feel like a lot of those contracts that the Eagles have signed. They decided to go all in so hard the last couple seasons 
that a lot of those guys are going to be gone in the next couple of years. So I don't necessarily know they're going to be able to retain the same amount of talent. I just feel like the most pieces are still going to be there in Kansas City for Mahomes to do at least some sort of version of what he's doing right now. I also feel like Rodgers is in the conversation as well. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Mahomes. What ranking is Trubisky? <laughs> he's he's not very high right now. I can't believe I'm doing two uh, Waddle and Sylvie shout-outs in the first four weeks of this podcast. But I was looking at Sylvie, they are the afternoon guys in Chicago, and there was a poll that Sylvie had, and it said, what do you tell your friends about Trubisky? And it was one, <laughs> one option was he's going to be great or he stinks. And then the third one was give it time. It's still early. And it, mm, that's where it, I'm at. Right. Give it time. It's still early. was like 80% of the vote. And that's what I would hit too. If I were a Bears fan, like I would lie to myself because my biggest overreaction I after mean, two weeks is that I just don't think he's going to be any good. I think choice D should have been fuck. <laughs> that should have been the fourth choice. Yeah. That play when he it's scrambled, really good. when he had that beautiful Russell Wilson pivot scramble at a, at a pressure. I was like, Whoa, Trubisky. And then immediately gunned it into three Seahawks, all of whom couldn't figure out who to intercept it, so they just dropped it. That was incredible. That was a that's terrible everything. play. That's all you need to know about Mitch Trubisky was that play. The athletic ability to to buy some time and then to just throw it into three Seahawks. Incredible. He didn't need to buy time. There was no one coming. <laughs> he had a perfect pocket. It spinning out of that situation is that's the scariest thing he did yesterday. Yeah. That is just a total lack of feel for what is supposed to go on on that play. I was really frightened after watching that. They had on SportsCenter, they had Hassel, Van Pelt and Hasselbeck right after. And I was like, man, I hope they do the Trubisky sucks montage. And it was like, boom. And Hasselbeck just looked like, like a disappointed dad. <laughs> Just like, why? well, you know, accuracy, obviously you want your quarterback to be accurate. And just watch him throw overthrow Tariq Cohen here. It was just, it was this montage of horrible Trubisky. I love it, though, because— That Gabriel throw was bad. It but was this really is, bad. Isn't this the Bears you grew up with and the Bears we need, the awesome defense with the heart attack quarterback? Isn't this the destiny of the Bears? I still feel like the Bears offense can be better than other Bears offenses just by virtue of the coaches and the rest of give the Give it time. Players. Give it choice. Uh, yeah. Give it well, time. It's early. It's still early, Mace. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's still very early, but think about those Bears offenses. It's not as if it was Rex Grossman and all these weapons. It was Rex Grossman throwing to Moussin Muhammad and Desmond Clark. Mm. Like, the Bears the Bears receivers are actually real NFL players. Yeah. No, that's right. actually a Patriots ring that they go. We lost yeah. to the Colts and blew that one when the Bears team was waiting for us. So that's that's oh, one God. that Troy Brown for third and three. When Rex was waiting for you, and Rex is on the other side, and then you know Rex is always the classic. I, it just I can't believe how stupid we are with quarterbacks when they win and be like you know and Rex will do some things and manage <laughs> yeah, him. Just you know he's out there. He's not. You know. You're like shut up. His defense <laughs> is awesome. Like, but yeah. you have talking. to do it. Right. Yeah. When you root for the team and that guy is you're invested in that guy for several years, you have no choice. Like okay. when it was the Jay Cutler era Here's, and they traded for Jay Cutler, what am I going to do? Like Jay Cutler sucks. I want a new quarterback. That's not how it works. That's how I, like, this where is I am at with, least a couple years of Trubisky. Maze, that's where I'm with jo the Josh Gordon trade right now. What am I going to do? They traded for him. All right. Here's, here's my it. thing, though. Like we realize you just picked the best quarterback in the NFL is going to be a guy who just played two games ever and no one said I, anything. Trust me. Well, I think I, we're can all I give my pick? <laughs> yeah, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I also pick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, uh, we're aware of what's going on here. No, listen. But 
I, I was a believer before the season. I picked the Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. Based like, on what though? Because that actually um, fascinates me. Because I know you don't watch a lot of college football. I don't. I watched. I did. I actually studied because I wanted to make sure. So I went back and watched some of the YouTube. But I really liked the stuff I read about him. And it really does seem like he was kicking Alex Smith's ass in any sort of head-to-head anything um, last season where it was, yeah. like, embarrassing. It was like, wow, how is this guy not the starting quarterback? I like the fact that he's the son of a baseball pitcher who's actually had a cup of coffee in the Red Sox. I am a big fan. This is one of my corners this year, Ryan. I like when young athletes, their dads have been professional athletes. They mm-hmm. learn about professionalism. They're in the clubhouse when they're kids. They see how it's done. They see what to do. Like Dykstra's do. kid. Like Dykstra's kid. No, like uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like hmm. Pat Mahomes. Um, but I I just think I am a know-it-when-I-see-it guy. Yeah. And not that often, but sometimes you know right away, that guy is electric. That guy is like, I haven't heard people compare, it to him, compare him to this person. But it really does remind me of Favre, the first year Favre kind of got Reed going on Green Andy Reid compared him He to is that. exactly like Favre. Like, he throws from these crazy angles. Yeah. He's got a bazooka. He's completely fearless. And now the rules have shifted in his favor where you can't hit him. The, like, the fear would be, oh, I don't know. Is he sturdy enough? Is he big enough? And now it doesn't matter. Nobody can touch him. And then you have all these dudes running across the field. And it's like the, the perfect team, the perfect arm. Perfect situation. He got to wait a perfect year. Perfect coach. Perfect coach perfect for the coach, season. Everything. Perfect I just scheme. feel like this is this is not a fluke. I well, really don't think it also is. Also built a team around him in the sense that they knew. I talked to the GM Brad Beach about this. They knew what those plays were going to look like. So everybody has they scouted for instinct because they knew these weren't going to be two second plays. It wasn't going to be a quick game. It was going to be down the field stuff. No one does down the field stuff in the NFL anymore except Patrick Mahomes. And Wentz is really but good. But they are throwing it quick. That's the craziest yeah. part. Everybody's so fast on that team that they're not getting any pressure whatsoever as they push the ball because instantaneously these guys are 20 yards downfield. Yeah. I watched the game again today. They're the people just wide open. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the speed of the receivers and just the design. Like the stuff they did on the Kelsey touchdown, it's inside baseball and it's like very, it's complicated. Now we're really getting into Nerd it. Nerded up. Three guys were open. Three guys. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable. I earmuffs maze. Like Rodgers is amazing. I love watching Rodgers. I still feel like the most fun thing is when a quarterback has just an absolute bazooka. It's yeah. my number one favorite thing to watch. And yeah. I watched that Sunday game with nephew Kyle. First of all, it seemed like he might get eight eight touchdowns passing. It actually was realistic, which is insane when you think about it. But every time he goes back to pass, you just want him to air it out 75 yards. Like it's – I just think uh, – he almost reminds me of what we have with some NBA guys, like when you watch Tatum or when you watch, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell or some of these younger basketball players where you're just like, I just like watching this guy. That's how I feel about Mahomes, and I think you can build a champ around him. So well, talking to so a couple two guys Mahomes in the Chiefs, votes. the one thing I the talk, talking to a couple guys in the Chiefs, the one thing that I wanted to hear from them is that he had the mental side of it down because clearly he has all that physical talent in the world. I just was wondering if he was locked in and kind of could run that offense. And, a way that kind of held a candle mentally to what Alex Smith could do. And they said, yes. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm in. That's all. That's yeah. the last thing I needed to hear. Yeah. It's been incredible. Okay. And I did watch him at tech a lot. And there were times my concern with him about being an NFL quarterback was a lot of times that huge arm, he just chuck it down there. Yeah. And it didn't always work out, even though, you know, when you look at the numbers that Kingsbury's put up and here, by the way, like a side note, Kingsbury's got this other kid who was like a three star, nobody who's lighting it up and just beat Mahomes back to back yardage record. And 
you know, if Kingsbury ever loses his job because they can never tackle anybody in Lubbock, you have to hire him as an NFL team. Like, you have to mm-hmm. figure out a way to hire this guy. But you could argue that Mahomes, as you guys just pointed out, these throws are wide open. And that's great, and that's part of it. I think that's a really good point that you made, Maze, about like by design, you have a coaching staff that's going to be in place for a while. So feel like three years from now, that stability. I read this number where it's nine percent of his completions have been contested throws or something. That's just how open these guys are. Jesus. That's an absurd number that it's this open. So what I don't like, and we do this in life, and it's not just quarterbacks, but we kind of wait around for the game that gives us evidence of our position. Yeah. And if I'm sound like I'm anti Mahomes, it's not. It's just that I think the exact same things you guys are saying now are things that you'd be saying about Deshaun Watson yep. before we got two bad games out of him. I agree. If we did this show in October of last year, we all would have said Deshaun Watson. If we did it in December, there would have been some votes for Jimmy Garoppolo. Things just reveal themselves. And I just think that I love Patrick Mahomes. I wrote about him last week. I'm I'm just selling the hype train, but it's been two games. That's all. I really liked Watson last year. The Watson stuff last year was less sustainable to me. That's what I was worried about. So many like prayers, so many running around and just chucking the ball up. This is just a machine. And I think that's my, the confidence I have here that I would not have had in Watson moving forward is I have faith in what this machine can be three years from now. With Watson, it was all just like a bundle of talent. But isn't, and that's harder to bet on. Isn't a machine what Wentz was last year, especially on third down? I mean, that's that was just, yeah. he was going to win the MVP. I, I love that offense too. I just have less faith that the as many players on that offense are going to be around three years from now as the Chiefs are. I just feel like more of that is going to be in place and than, that, it, than what's going on in Philly and the knee. That's the, Those are the two factors. Watson... Watson to me last year was super fun and obviously was underrated in the draft. I think he was fulfilling that legacy of like kind of the the video game type quarterback who can kind of snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat and make these crazy plays and show up on Sports Center stuff like that. Mahomes, I was I was like it was 28 21. It's like they they give they give him the ball back, the game's over. Like this guy, he can throw five yards, 13 yards. The other thing I would say is I'm trying to remember a case ever watching football where a quarterback was this good right away where it wasn't sustainable. I I, I feel like this is the one position where you kind of can't fake it. If well, you if Robert, Robert Griffin. But Ryan Robert I never felt like Robert <laughs> Fitzpatrick. I went through his entire game. Robert Griffin this was fun. I never felt like, oh my God, my life has changed. I'm watching RG3. Like it just wasn't like that. If anything I think, well, wait a minute. There's what about Kaepernick in the playoffs against the Packers? People thought like Ron Jaworski said he has a chance to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I didn't agree with that. <laughs> I was more like, wow, this is I w- I was more well, fa- not just number one currently. I was more fascinated with the Kaepernick thing with just the offense they were running. Like, oh, I wonder how they'll stop this. I never felt like he never seemed so that accurate to me. So you look at Mahomes differently because I do think, and this isn't about dual threat because I always think that, hey, podcast, but every every running quarterback, there comes a correction time where the league makes the correction on him and it's up to that quarterback mm-hmm. to figure it out to but then he has sustain a, his he's career. he's a cannon and he's, he's accurate. Not, right, and that's not who he is. Yeah. And I don't, like this is my pro Mahomes thing. Like it's not supposed to be this easy. This is insane. They're doing a great job of getting Hill and Hunt out there in the same time. Like they're doing these awesome things with formations. I know DeAnthony Thomas isn't somebody that gets a ton of touches, but I mean, they even did some crazy thing. Was it Hill? And they had Thomas both like positioned differently on a punt return in the game. I mean, there's there's just stuff that they're doing that's that just seems smart. It's like, wait, we have all these incredibly small fast guys that are hard to tackle. Why don't we just line them up in all these different positions instead of doing the traditional stuff? Here's the thing. 
Here's what I'll say about Mahomes versus Griffin and Kaepernick. I love play action. I feel like teams don't use play action enough, but I also feel like play action is a crutch. And those teams were so reliant on the marrying the run in the pass game and getting huge swaths of space because of run fakes and those guys just pumping balls in there. The Chiefs don't do that. They run a little bit, but it's not to that degree. It's more so about distribution of routes, formation, diversity, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that is more sustainable than really relying on play action as much as those teams did. And he's also, he has every kind of throw. Yeah. Ultimately, you want your QB mm-hmm. to be accurate. This isn't rocket science. Like, just throw it to the guy who's open. And he can throw these these nice little beautiful drop passes that go 30 yards and kind of drop right in the guy's hands. He can throw the freaking cannon It's like the Russell Wilson thing. I'm not saying Wilson has the cannon that Mahomes does, but Wilson has a bag of throws in there that you go, okay, this is is why you're so special. Rolling out against pressure, turning it back to the right side and flicking it down the sideline. Well, we look at that with basketball. Like like Durant has all these different shots he can do during a game. And I think to me, those are... Rodgers can make every type of play on a football field, and that's why he's the best right now. We're going to see that more and more because these spread guys who are throwing literally thousands of times more than the generations before them, they're learning to do a million different things. I mean, yeah. it's almost like I was talking to someone about MMA recently. They were saying there's a lot of young kids we haven't Talk even to a ton seen. Of dudes. Yeah, he talks. He talks. <laughs> and uh, and we, a lot of guys we haven't even seen who are like teenagers now who are learning actual just to be UFC fighters so they can do 50 different things. Whereas the guys we see now are only good at one or two things. And that's what quarterbacks are doing now. They're going to be good at everything. And that's going to be an entire generation of guys. Mahomes, Wentz, they're the upper generation of a quarterback class that was going to change everything. That who, reminds who's your me, pick? You well, didn't make no, a pick yet. Real quick, though, that reminds me of my first MMA training when I was in high school when I went to my trainer, Dean. And I said, I'm afraid if I start studying Savat, it's going to mess with my Muay Thai. And he said, well, Ryan, he was from Scandinavia. And he said, Ryan, he's a good-looking guy. He goes, don't worry about different styles of fighting. He goes, if you slept with one woman or 50, you're going to be a lot better at it if you sleep with 50. I said, thanks, Dean. So did, you, did you learn multiple? It's the best, you... best Muay Thai story I've ever heard. Yeah, right. So I, I, you know. <laughs> There you go. It's so, the only one I've ever heard, so it was great. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, my pick is Wentz. I wanted to go Rodgers at 39 because that's just who I think he is. Physically, I think he's the most gifted thrower of the football I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not talking just arm strength and all that stuff. I just think there's a combination. He's Jeff George with incredible accuracy or, you know, whatever you want to call it. He's like one of those golfers that just just puts it next to the pin all the time. And I I wonder sometimes if he's... Like, if he enjoys having deadpan face now that we're all looking for it in the most tense moments, yeah. Yeah. right? You know, where Roethlisberger loves to fake his injuries. I think Rodgers may have a little bit of the, all right, everybody thinks I'm supposed to be stressed out. Now I'm just going to be super mellow guy. And I'm going to be, because he's actually kind of a fiery guy, but he can be this like, all right, I'm going to be super mellow. And then it just works and it's awesome. And then Danica's just a wreck in the luxury right. suite. I think she's just though, a wreck. I missed that. Remember when it was, what was it, Jessica Simpson up there with yeah. her lacquer? Yeah. Hey, is he really feeling for her? Romo. Th- it's got to be tough for her. Oh, it was Romo? Romo? Wait a minute. Oh, Paris Hilton showed up for Erlacher. That yeah. was quick. I remember on Thursday night. That's when we knew it was over. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Remember? Yeah. Like, was... I love when these dudes date these starlets for like three weeks. Romo was Jessica Simpson. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, I wanted to go luck because I haven't given up on that. It's still a hold for me. I don't think he was kind of in between. I don't know that I love what I've seen the first two weeks here. Not all on him. The snowboarder story kind of went away. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if right. that, It made you think like if he was on a big market team, that would have that story would have been five times well, bigger. I love when they he came the out Giants with Giants quarterback. Like shoulder injury. Sunday of the NFL season at like six in the morning. That's Right. They leaked it out. Yeah. First, I had a shoulder injury snowboarding. 
It's significant enough to tell you about it. Just want to let you know, didn't do anything to the labrum. Didn't prolong the fact that I couldn't throw a football. Yeah, I'm wondered, sure it wasn't related at all. if my career was over. Also, yeah. I went snowboarding with a torn labrum. <laughs> also, I went snowboarding. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it's one of the very few sports where a fall is literally guaranteed. Yeah. What other sports are there where you just know you're going to fall? Water skiing. Grappling. Grapple Muay Thai. A six, a six-year-old <laughs> birthday party when they had those bouncy houses and twenty kids yeah. in there. Okay, so somebody's uh, if, getting hurt. If I said this to you in three years, Luck ends up being the best quarterback in the league. Would that blow your mind if you were sitting there in two thousand twenty-one? No, no. Okay, all right. So I think that's at least fair to bring up. I yeah, think I'd, other, I'd be I'd, I'd okay. be surprised if right. he was healthy. All right. Now the other part of this thing is I think there's a lot of people that we feel like are being left out, but it's less about ceiling, or maybe I should put it this way, it's more about whose ceiling we already know. And that's why I think you're going with Mahomes. And that's why I'm going to agree with Kevin here and go Wentz, because it's 29 games. Mm. And even though I think he was a little maybe overrated that rookie year, and a lot of times, too, with these quarterbacks, it becomes this kind of thing. If you've had no quarterback for a long time, if you're just stability, if you're just a guy we look at and we go, we get 16 starts out of you and you're young, we think you're going to be the guy for 10 years, kind of like with Dak, then you kind of become overrated just because of the excitement. Like Derek Carr after his first year was kind of overrated, and then the second, third years were terrific. But people were just so freaking excited that it's like, I think we might have a guy that that's what Wentz kind of was, I think, that rookie year. But last year was incredible. And, you know, we can sit there and say, oh, he doesn't turn the football over. Then there's quarterbacks that aren't that good, and they don't turn the football over, and they just don't take any risks. Then you go, okay, what's the yard per average? What is the overall completion percentage, which is a little overrated now because everybody has these systems where everybody's completing everything, all these short passes. I think at his age and the fact I almost have 30 starts and that he was in an MVP track last year, for me, he's the best bet because I'm still not quite sure what his ceiling is in comparison to a Matt Ryan or Russell Wilson or, you know, and then the next group of guys, Roethlisberger, Breeze, are going to be gone. Well, what if last year was his ceiling, though? What if that is the best version we'll ever see of Carson Wentz over that MVP stretch? Are, are you going like the red zone numbers that are basically the impossible the to The third replicate? down numbers, yeah. Right. I mean, just some of those numbers just don't happen from year to year. That offense just took people by storm. It was a buzzsaw that people were not ready for. I mean, you look at what's going on with the Vikings. They're playing so well right now. And, and I'm just thinking about having DeFilippo, Frank Reich, and Doug Peterson in that same room dialing stuff up every week is nuts. I mean, maybe it was just a moment in time for that Eagles team. I, I hope that's not true because I'd love to watch it from year to year because it was fun as heck. But maybe it was. That's my fear. I mean, I think that's the only thing I'd say about that. Just maybe the ceiling has been realized. That's my dream. I hope all those Eagles fans choke on that Super Bowl. Let me ask you this. Um, Tom Brady goes on a SpaceX <laughs> mission with Elon Musk. <laughs> and he's supposed to be back on like June 22nd. But then nobody, the, the ship doesn't come back for like three more weeks. And it's just assumed everybody's gone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I like to keep going. And then the <laughs> ship comes back and they're like, what happened up there? And Brady's like, it's fine. I think there's an and Wait, is, is, is everybody is, drama is, is about that, this right now. Yeah, manifest. Yeah, the plane disappears for five years and no one ages. All right. What if Brady's I, I on you guys season two of that? The man- yeah, I was hoping you had seen the manifest trailer. Wait, you know what's <laughs> yeah, funny? Yeah, but it's like a manifest situation. Does it surprise you that we've seen, we've both seen the trailer? Yeah. Bill, do you know what's amazing known. about that show? You. The, the plane lands from 2013 and they can't believe the Patriots got Josh Gordon. <laughs> they just love it. <laughs> Bill, I also... Like, is Manto Teo still... Has he gotten over that dead girlfriend? <laughs> Bill, do you really want Tom Brady to spend five years with Elon Musk? <laughs> no. 
I, I'm know. just trying to figure out how to get him as the best QB in the league in age 44. And there's say, really that no might way. be worth it. Was yeah. there anyone else? Is there anyone else that we should mention here in this? Because Deshaun Watson what about, would have been mentioned no matter what, except that it was the Pats week one. And then I got to tell you, week two, what he did at the end of that game against the Titans without any consideration like that hurts him way more than it should. But it happened two days ago. Yeah. What about what some of these college guys? Yeah, I would say I would Tua? say I think Baker has to be at least just thrown out. And same thing for Darnold. It wouldn't surprise we don't know. me if Baker were. We don't know. Ba- if Baker in 2021 was the best quarterback in the NFL, I'd be, I pretty, be, I'd be pretty surprised. Would you be flabbergasted yeah. or just surprised? Blown away. I quit. More or less surprised quit that the industry. Glenn Ordway is still hosting a drive time <laughs> show in Boston in three years. I don't know. I know what they had in between. So I wasn't I wasn't surprised that Glenn came back. Okay. Look, he got all political there for a second. By the way, did you guys see the nugget Peter King had about Patrick Mahomes' dad? Yes. About Jack Morris? That he yeah. loves pumpkin lattes? No, he, his dad hates Jack Morris. But it's not a newsflash <laughs> that Jack Morris was a dick. He was like a legendary dick. He was the guy who's... Have you ever seen him? I mean, he looks like a bad guy in a TV show. Yeah, he looks like yeah. he's in the Yellowstone. <laughs> he's, the, he's the villain in Manifest. Have, have, <laughs> have you ever been to Cooperstown for yeah. the induction weekend? You've done it? Yeah. Like, when those guys get together, they have, like, this rager, and it's just the Hall of Famers. Yeah. And I did it once and oh, interviewed no. everybody outside, and they're all just hammered and mean and, and hilarious, <laughs> and it's just, it's unbelievable. Present-day Jack Morris looks just like Hunt Sucker from Lethal Weapons, so we're definitely right about this bad guy in a movie thing. Great way to close us out. Maze, thanks a lot. Uh, That's you can it. check out, yeah. What, what do you guys so want to keep two, going? Two Mahomes and two Wentz, so nephew Kyle has to be the tiebreaker. Mahomes or Wentz? He's going to say Brady. <laughs> Hoyer. Mar- Hoyer. Mars Brady? It's Jimmy. Oh. Wow. Clausen? Oh. <laughs> He's not even on a roster right now. It's, it's the handsome devil, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, we didn't mention Jimmy. Jimmy would have Jimmy him. definitely would have been Give him, maybe like, the a pick. receiver. Right. No? Jimmy's the best bet to be the Tom Brady. How the hell is this guy so good every year before people begrudgingly accept it guy? No, that's good. Right? Yeah. No, that's good. We should He's we had should've... an uneven start. Yeah, he'll be great against the Chiefs this week, though. He's had a lot of points. It's gonna be fun. He's had a pick six called back, right? He had another pick six in the in week one. Week one, yeah. You Ryan was on this from the get go. He was in the Are we sure Jimmy G is worth one hundred and twenty eight million dollar a year camp? Yeah, I thought my thing was really simple, and it was based a lot on your piece, Kevin. Right, Robert Roberts. Oh, Mays, you did the Garoppolo thing. Uh, He's just Clark. You complimented Clark early, and now he's out. I'm going to Vontae out. Davis this. I'm this is down. bullshit. Yeah. He's going to retire during the podcast. Wait a minute. Have I read any of your pieces? Or <laughs> is it just that I like Mays? I'm the Tennessee lineman. I'm that guy. <laughs> Mays, you know that I thought you were originally the Tennessee lineman and that, that Bill picked you up for Grantland? And I was like, this guy's incredible. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally serious. Oh, that's great. I'm into that. I'll, I'll take that every time. I think it was a year. I was like, well, the guy was always hurt, so I could see how he could pick up right. Yeah, started right down the side. Couldn't get healthy. Uh, all right, I so was I, like 260 then, so it makes sense. Yeah. Well, so that's it. It's it's You guys went with Mahomes after two freaking games, and then we get two votes for Wentz. Garoppolo should have been mentioned and would have been maybe people's pick for this and still will be, but it's funny how two weeks of evidence in 2018. It's funny. I will throw out. Pierre Garçon and George Kittle tends to hurt your stock. Here's the thing. I'd probably say Rodgers, but I didn't want to because that just I don't want to do this anymore to myself. I do want to throw out, depending on how the contract is structured, if he's entering free agency, it could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
in 2021. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, if he's got $15 million dangling out there for the following season, he's he's going to be next. Has anyone pointed this out? How much he looked like McGregor? Oh, it's 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 even my dad is texting about it. It's like even the dads are in on that joke. Yeah, I'm kidding. Oh no, I know you are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like if you're the fifth show doing it, stop doing it. Has anyone pointed this out? <laughs> You'd think that. <laughs> How disappointing would the Fitzmagic PD suspension be? <laughs> I think it'd be incredible. <laughs> People would be devastated. It would be like, it would be the most devastating PD suspension we've had in 10 years. But then you could just go through his entire game log like I did and said, okay, you started it in 2011, then you got off of it with the Texans, yeah. and then you got back on it second year with the Jets. He went, listen, he went 10 and 6, which is more than Sam Bradford's ever done. Yeah, you hate Sam Bradford now. I've always hated him. I've never understood it. You know he's a really good dude. Great. Teams give him $20 million. He can't stay healthy. He doesn't win games. He's not won a ton of games, Bill. I can't deny you there. So Sam Bradford's out. Were you mad mad when I tried to end this earlier? Because I didn't want to end it. No, go. End it now. End it now. All right. Because I have a... Do do your thing. I have a story to tell from from the weekend. Matthew McConaughey, NBD. Oh, wow. And then um, I'm going to rip everybody on the Nike stock tweets because you're all morons. What's up, DraftKings players? And if you're not playing DraftKings, you're missing out. Get together with a group of guys, put four dudes on an email, say, hey, should we just sign up for DraftKings? We heard we're still talking about it on the podcast. We don't want to be left out. Hey, are you not impressing anybody at work? I don't know, man. Go up and tell them about your daily fantasy team. I know most people don't care about anybody else's team, but don't feel left out. So here's what you need to do. Bragging rights, huge cash prizes, up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings. That's a great thing with DraftKings. If you missed out, now you get back in. DraftKings is the leader in one-week fantasy sports. How huge? We're talking $2 million, over $2 million in total prizes. With one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. Draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. At DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings because nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have a draft. DraftKings lineup on the line, and you can play free with your first deposit to compete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app today using code DUAL. That's DUAL for dual threat, D-U-A-L, to enter the contest for free this weekend. So again, just so you understand what I'm saying here, you're going to go to DraftKings.com, download the app, use the code DUAL to enter for a contest that's free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. That's code DUAL, only at DraftKings. The game inside the game, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, you know, I know that that we've been a little NFL, and look, it's the first couple of weeks, and I think some of the drama of college football, so I will do this. Next week, I'm going to be, depending on what my guest situation is, well, I don't want to promise that I'm going to do all college football, but I'm going to do more college football on one of them coming up. Like, I'm going to start doing a deeper dive, but the problem is, like, some of the teams haven't played anybody yet. Like, I could do my playoff rankings, but it's going to be Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. Um, you know, there you go. But it gets a little bit more talk showy stuff. But I'm going to talk a little bit about Bama's offense because as great as it is now, it has been actually really good before too. And they played Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is terrible. Um, but I went to Austin this weekend for the USC game. Big win for the Longhorns. And I actually thought USC was going to compete, and they were for a while. And then I ended up on the bummed-out USC plane, and there were just all these bummed-out USC fans. And there's some really bummed-out USC fans just in general. They think their coach is terrible, that he shouldn't be here, and that he was hired because he was nice, and he wasn't abrasive or... I guess the story goes, and I, I've read this, so it's not me telling anything that I shouldn't you know, repeat to people, but he, he was the adult in the room when previous regimes had no adult 
and you can figure that one out. And now no one thinks that Clay Helton or staff can do anything when T. Martin's apparently done a you know pretty good job, or at least recruiting wise. Um, JT Daniels, the freshman QB, he is not the problem. If if you come away from the USC Texas game with Texas ended up going up big on him and, and winning in Austin, if you're sitting there saying JT Daniels is the problem, and I know that he throws like one receiver, uh, I, I just didn't see it that way. I actually think of a kid that young. He impressed me, and and I don't I don't know. I think this is one of those things. Sometimes with people were like, "Are you just trying to be a um, contrarian here on this?" And I'm like, "No, man. Daniels. The cool thing about him." is that as a young player, I think there's so many quarterbacks, and not even just young ones. There are quarterbacks over their careers that I'll watch, and they're so f- afraid of throwing it into any contested spot that it's that's detrimental to the offense. You know, oh, I want to protect the football. Well, sometimes, I mean, that's kind of the game. That's really what it is. There's mobility in the pocket within the pocket, right? It's Rodgers, Brady, and Peyton Manning, and the way they manipulate a pocket without being super mobile, even though Rodgers is far more mobile and has a better arm than the other two guys for the entire career. but that's it. Eyes downfield, moving pocket, staying through the progressions, not having to run or frantically avoid chaos and then find your way to reset and get into a throwing motion with some kind of accuracy. Like, I think that's probably the best way you could describe playing quarterback. But I think one of the other things that you have to worry about is, well, sometimes I got to pull the trigger on this stuff. And I actually think Daniels does. So I'm not going to worry about him right now. They can't run the football. They don't have the receivers that they've had in the past or the receivers are young. I'm not telling you Clay Hilton's the the answer for everything, but I don't know, man. I left Austin going, all right, they lost. They lost to a Texas team that's still trying to find themselves. It was a very uh, similar story in that it was just two teams trying to find themselves. And, uh, you know, did Texas really find themselves when they lost to Maryland at the beginning of the year? The Maryland thing was really weird, you know, and I don't know if Maryland was totally motivated in a different team than they've been since then because they were going through all their own turmoil and they wanted to take it out on somebody. I also don't think Sam Ellinger, the quarterback for Texas, is a problem. I was really impressed with him in person. I was impressed with Texas linebackers. Um, Their receivers are okay. The big kids, uh, Colin Johnson, he's all right. Um, You know, there's there's three guys that you can sit there and go, yeah, they've got all those three guys. But uh, you know, they're all right, but you know, it was funny to be down there and, and have people in Austin be like, do you think Tom Herman's the guy? And I'm like, well, what's he, what's he done to prove that he isn't at this point? And we have a real resume from him winning a national championship at Ohio state with three quarterbacks going to Houston and getting that thing rolling and beating Florida state. And I know seven wins for Texas is not what you're looking for. And that's the weird thing too, is that I, I've felt like in life, you're better off just telling everybody you're awesome all the time and let them figure it out. Right. Let them figure it out whether or not you're lying. But when it's a coaching program and you feel like you get a tweet out all the time, this is Texas or this is this program and look at what we're doing now. Look at our new hoodies. And we've got this saying we've got all this crap going on and we have awesome videos that are edited and we have all these different things. When you announce yourself with all this hype, then you're held to this standard that's almost impossible. And I think that's kind of what Herman's dealing with right now. If in year three or year four, they're winning seven games and no one really feels that great about their quarterback and they don't have significant or signature wins or they're not. You know, Texas should be, I would think, in four to five years competing for a national championship because that's the whole point of being Texas. Uh, but then again, you can also make the argument that there was that really long run after, uh, other than Mac Brown, but there was that run of like Stoops and Urban and Saban at LSU and Chiswick. Uh, it was incredible how quickly guys are winning national titles when they first stepped on foot or step, step foot on campus is the way I should put that. So, uh, 
I don't know if, if Herman's going to turn around, but I, I just don't understand anyone that's going, ah, eh, they're not going to be any good. By the way, the scene in Austin, it's not fair when people say, what are your favorite college experiences? You just can't. Austin is like Aaron Rodgers for our best quarterback thing. Not eligible, really, for the conversation. Because Austin, it's not fair that that's also part of the campus because the town is so much fun. It's got a rowdy side. It's got an artsy side. It's got a funky, weird side. It's got a fun side. It's got everything that you'd want, and it's all kind of right there. And I hadn't been there in nine years. The last time I was there for Colt McCoy's last game, and I believe that was against Texas. And that was, yeah, 09. Or excuse me, against I said Kansas, right? Did I say Texas or Kansas there, Kyle? Yeah, I did say Kansas. All right, just double checking because Kansas is on fire. You want a little Chris Fowler trivia? Who is plus 13 in turnover differential? Uh, it's Kansas. The reason I call it Chris Fowler trivia is because when Chris Fowler's calling the game and they give out the trivia question from the bear, he answers it like immediately. Like Fowler, if he has it, just answers it. And you're at home going, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I thought I was going to get at least 20 seconds, Chris to answer this trivia question, but apparently you have the correct answer, so you're going to just blurt it out during the broadcast. Um, Congrats. So uh, the other part is that every college program should have their own Matthew McConaughey. Now, I'm not saying that everyone can get to the McConaughey level, you know what I'm saying, but what I do think you should have is every program should find a celebrity and then embrace it, and I'm willing to offer up my services to be your, like, if you can't do better, than me, then maybe I'm available for you. I'll throw on a hat, maybe a windbreaker, and I'll run up and down the sideline and high-five your strength and conditioning people. I'll scream at the refs for not spotting it right. Um, You can put me on the big screen a couple times. I'll do whatever your hand signal is. But I would, for maybe a slower podcast and what would be super adventurous, I would like to assign a celebrity to every Power Five's sideline. So whatever the school is, like Rutgers, you know, we'd use somebody from the Sopranos back in the day. Probably can't do that anymore. Not as in. But McConaughey, that whole thing works. They throw him up on the big screen constantly, and he eats it up. He gets the horns going there. He starts patting his shoulder down like this. He starts doing these little little deals where he's swinging the longhorns around in a circle. Then the rocket, yeah, that's right, Roger Clemens, he comes up and high-fives him, said, what's up? Mo Bamba's over there looking like the tallest junior high kid of all time. <laughs> um, and he was really well-behaved at Orlando Magic front office because I know you listen to the podcast. And I just want to tell you, we didn't see him out in the streets. That's for sure. He was on the sidelines making sure everything was great. But the whole McConaughey thing can't be replicated in Tom Herman and that entire staff. You guys are smart for just embracing the hell out of it because McConaughey embraces it. Now, I've interviewed McConaughey twice. And one of the times I interviewed him, when I said goodbye, he went and said, hold on. And then told me a story about the show that Scott and I had done that he'd been listening to and complimented specifically on something we'd said, which tells you McConaughey's in. When he's driving around that Lincoln, guess what? It was on SVP and Rosillo. So it always meant a lot to me. And then I had him on again because it was something real specific, man. And if somebody's that famous and that successful, McConaughey's had this unbelievable kind of A-Rod resurgence where no one liked him and everybody thought he was this terrible actor. Family Guy even did a, I just wish you were dead type of thing. And then it's like, no, man, everybody loves the dude and it's incredible. And I love it for him because he seems just kind of like a normal kind of fun, embracing it all guy. Uh, and A-Rod, remember, faked, saved a kid crossing the street, uh, Newberry Street in Boston. And apparently the kid was like a publicist kid. And then the story just sort of went away. I mean, it's the most absurd story ever. And then no one ever brings it up ever again. And he's great on TV and everything's working out A-Rod. I mean, everything's coming up A-Rod, despite that he may or may not have saved a kid in Newberry Street like a decade ago. Go ahead. I'm telling you, it's a true story or the part that it was reported is true. So, um, 
McConaughey, I was like, ah, screw it. Stanford Steve and I are there, who Bill Simmons had the great line about gambling. He goes, Stanford Steve, he goes, Sal and I were talking about lines when Steve was just regular Steve. So Steve's like, just say, and I go, you know, as I've gotten older and the thing I've noticed is that when it's other super famous guys, they kind of, for the most part, like unless there's a real connection, they don't want to say hi to you. So I didn't, that's why I didn't say hi to Will Ferrell, even though I've interviewed him a couple of times. I saw him full windbreaker, top and bottom flip-flops and USC visor. But I go, you know, I'm not going to talk. Hey, remember when I interviewed for the Blade of, Blades of Glory car wash with John, was it John Hader? It's Bill Hader, a John, John Heater. Heater, yeah. yeah. Heater, like the cigarette. Kyle knows that's what right. I'm talking about. You know. So uh, <laughs> McConaughey, I'm like, ah, screw it. And he was by the kicker's net. He's kind of this little restricted area, but I knew I could get in there quick enough and it was fine. Right in the sideline. He's just to the left of, of Herman and his DC looks terrific too. And you know, I was like, hey, I go, Matthew. Because one time I said Matt and a reset. And he goes, oh, Ryan, just want to let you know my mother calls me Matthew. And if I don't, you know, if I go by Matt, she hates Matt. So I was like, hey, Matthew. And he's like, huh? Huh? I go, Ryan Rosillo, good to see you. He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he did one of those. He did the kind of like, who are you? I'll, I can fake it for a second. And then it, it popped and it was like, cool. And then that was it. And I got out of there and then I got out of there. And then at halftime as Stanford, Steve was to my right. And we were heading towards kind of the barbecue halftime deal up there to get off the sideline and sit down. McConaughey comes running by Stanford. Steve has a full blown Texas t-shirt that he changed into, by the way, before the game. And McConaughey slaps him on the chest, full embrace goes, who'd you take big guy? Who'd you take? Who'd you take? He's like, I took Texas. And then he goes, you got to, you know, hey, what's going on with the show? Scotty doing McConaughey full on his initiation engaged Stanford Steve. And it's the best thing ever. And we took a bunch of pictures of it. And then people got pictures of people taking, like they were taking pictures of us taking pictures of it because I had to move fast. I only got one and it's McConaughey looking back at Steve and you can only see the back of Steve's head. And that part was really cool. And the funniest thing of the whole deal was that McConaughey, because PR people, most of you are the worst. McConaughey's like, hey, what's up? And Steve goes, we're trying to get you on for White Boy Rick in the promo. We wanted to have you on the show with Scott. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, your people said you weren't doing anything. He's like, I told them if I'm doing ESPN, I'm doing one thing and it's Van Pelt show. He's like, well, they told us no. And he was like, damn it. And that's what happens. That's what PR people do. They say no to stuff they don't ask the celebrity about and say that they're protecting their client. Okay, I'm going to lay into some people here pretty hard. And this may be the thing I could have opened the podcast with, but instead I'm going to close with it because some of you are boring me to death and you know who you are. And it doesn't mean I hate you as a person because that would be a little strict. I don't know. Stringent. Now, I'm not really I'm trying to think of the. I don't want to be that harsh about this whole thing. Okay, but it's about the Nike stock numbers. And Nike is now today. Let me double check the close taping. This is a Tuesday. We are at the 52-week high reached today at $85 a share. That is up from about $79 a share from when the Kaepernick thing was first announced. But you remember, let's go through this stupid game. When the Kaepernick ad was announced, it was the first Tuesday of the month of September. So I think it was right after Memorial Day. Let me pull up a chart here. You know what? Let's do this officially here because I've already done most of this stuff. And I'm going to make sure I get most of this right, you know, because... Apparently, you people tweeting about Nike stock don't care if you get 0% of it right. (laughs) 
Uh, all right, one month here, one month. Let's go to a one month chart. Okay, so we were at $82 a share on Friday, August 31st, and then we come back, the Kaepernick news comes out, and then we go down not even $3 a share. So we're under, uh, we're under about 3%, okay? We're under about 3% at the close. People tweeted out, because you were selling your conservative agenda, that, oh, look at that. The Kaepernick stock goes down. Like, well, I don't know, 2.8 something percent in a day. That's not really that big of a deal. If the market were telling you they hated that Kaepernick was going to be a spokesperson, there was going to be a full-blown ad campaign about Kaepernick from Nike, then the stock probably would have dipped 10%, if not more, because that's the way stocks work. Now, I will tell you, I'm not some financial wizard. I'm not a huge options, futures, all these. Like, I like to day trade for a little while. I did it probably a little bit too much. And in the beginning, I was incredible at it. And like a lot of people, I had some really dark days too. And then I realized, you know what, for how I'm doing with this whole thing, and maybe I was a little bit too risky, would um, expose myself to some some fluctuating markets a little bit more than I should because I didn't have a wife that was going to be at home yelling at me, being like, why, why did you buy half a million dollars worth of this pharmaceutical company? And I'm sorry that I just threw that number out there, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to brag about money. I'm just trying to tell you probably that I had to learn a pretty valuable lesson and that the runs that you go on in the beginning it can be quickly ripped away. You can be building and building and building. Oh, I'm so smart. Look at me. I'm up 20% in this position. It's gone on. And, and then all of a sudden, some, some CEO you know, crashes a golf cart after four whiskey sours and all of a sudden your, your portfolio is cut in half. You know what I'm saying? So the day trading thing is really hard to do. It's really volatile. And I respect the hell out of you guys that can do it and make a living at doing it and not make yourselves emotional wrecks in the entire process. And yes, I kind of regret throwing out that massive number um, because that's a lot of money for anybody. And it's certainly a ton of money for me, but I'm just kind of telling you that's sort of how irresponsible I was about it. And luckily, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the all time mistake of my life um, because I had, you know, figure some things out, move some things around. And I don't do it anymore because the stress of it sucked. Like I would be in a bad mood for three days just because a stock went down. And then I'd be like, all, all the fundamentals are there though. They're all there. The company's stupid. It's not my call. It's not the product. The company's stupid. It sounds a lot like play calling. When we talk about the NFL. Okay. So to revisit the timeline, Kaepernick, the announcement, the stock goes down 3%, which is negligible. And all of a sudden, the right-wing dudes are tweeting out, oh, look at this. Look at this. Nike. Oh, maybe America's not as woke as you guys think. Well, guess what? If you did that, you're kind of an asshole. Part two, we are now at, as I said, a 52-week high. $50 a share, the low this year. Going back two years, this thing has been on an absolute tear, almost doubling now. Going back to the beginning of 2017, man, we're talking about under $50 a share and now 85. Here's the thing. It's not about Kaepernick now. So if you're tweeting out, oh, I thought everybody hated Kaepernick, 52-week high, look at this. Sure, there can be a little bit of a bump here, but do you really think that Nike stock in two years is going to be positioned long-term because of the Kaepernick ad? That's wrong, too. And if you did that, you also have an agenda. So as you've been listening to this, if you're more conservative, you're right-wing, or you voted in that way, and you're a Republican, you've already gotten pissed at me because you just think I'm another liberal media guy. But now I'm blowing your mind because now I'm dumping on the left 
wing people that are liberal that are going, no, check it out. This is awesome. Kaepernick is the reason Nike stock is at 85 bucks a share. You're kind of an asshole too. Okay. And that is the ultimate problem with this whole thing is you don't care about being right. If you're tweeting out this nonsense, you only like that evidence may vaguely back your opinion on this whole thing. And that's kind of all we do in life. And I repeat that all the time. We're just mining the world for evidence that I may not actually be stupid. What I would like to do is go, huh, down 3%. That doesn't really mean a much. That, 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 that stuff happens all the time. Oh, wait a minute. It bounced back up. Now, I do think that the first group is probably a little bit worse because you looked at a minor, minor drop and then tried to sell the fact that that meant that the world hated Kaepernick. Now, if you're somebody that read an article and there's all these articles all over the place, Nike sees bump from Kaepernick ad, like both are really, really hard to prove. PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, this unbelievably cool soccer brand. They signed this deal with Nike. They just launched the Jordan 5. It sold out immediately. All of that gear is sold out for the most part. If I said to you, well, wait a minute, look at Nike. They're all the way up here. I'm not trying to recite lyrics, but if they're at a 52-week high, could it be because if there were no Kaepernick thing, would somebody who is in sports business tweet out, look at Paris Saint-Germain's impact on Nike stock because you'd be doing the exact same thing. That announcement was recent. They just unveiled their entire thing. Here's why Nike's probably up. As I sift through all of this stuff and try to figure it out, I think that there's some stuff that's been destroyed in pharmaceuticals that's probably still pretty valuable, but everybody's still so scared off. And this goes all the way back to Farmer Bro and Hillary Clinton's tweet like three years ago. So there's some undervalued stuff in there. If you can figure out what it is, you feel free to hit me up at Ryan A. Rosillo on Twitter and let me know because I can't figure it out either. And then through the mass of all that, about a year ago, I started thinking maybe it's just blue chip city here and make a run at it because it just feels like the apples, the Facebooks, even though you'd be about 60 points down from where that was, the Teslas that seem to go down whenever something stupid happens with Elon Musk. But I don't know that any of us really know what the hell's going on with that company. But if it's down as much as it's been, maybe it's worth getting back into. You know what I mean? Like Amazon, it's just not that much fun buying a share that's over a thousand bucks. But I'm just, I'm not even telling you that I'm right about any of this stuff, but going through it all is like maybe it's blue chip time. And you would have been right if you did all that stuff a year ago. And that probably has more to do with politics than anything else. But I would probably back off all of this stuff now because it feels like, all right, you know, do we have a new high? And look, I had a broker once that was convinced Hillary was winning the president's uh, presidency and he was looking at my portfolio and he's like, no, no, no. I was like, man, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. And then he's like, no. And then Trump wins. The market goes on fire because he just knew that's what was going to happen, at least from businesses. And then the same broker was like, see, I told you. And I'm like, you're taking a W when you thought Hillary was winning the election and said that there's still great buying opportunities because you need me to buy. Okay. You don't make any money in me just telling you I'm holding all the time. You need me to buy. So you're selling me to buy. And your whole reasoning for buying was something completely different than what actually happened. And yet you're still taking the win and you're no different broker than the people tweeting out this shit all the time. So did I make any sense to you? Because I did to myself. (laughs) And for those of you, when I said that the drop at 2.8% was insignificant and you came back to me and said, nope, great buying opportunity. If you are moving such volume that you're going to be able to risk and expose yourself to a dip in 3% to actually make any kind of significant money. I mean, if you're buying 100 shares or talking about selling now and making 500 bucks, then the thousand shares. OK, so you're going to put yourself with a thousand shares and you're going to bookend it perfectly to make to make five or six grand then if you're doing that, you're way better than most people that I've ever known doing this. And it just bums me out. It bums me out that if you were tweeting about this Nike stock the way that you were, you were doing it for one specific reason. 
It wasn't because you wanted to be accurate. It's because you just wanted to believe what you believed in a little bit more. Subscribe, rate, and review. Dual Threat, Ryan Rosillo. What's up?